I greet you all in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I pray in the name of our Lord and Savior that as many as we listen to this podcast we get closer to God, we know Him, obey Him, in all matters. And that those who are already in bondage to wicked men and women masquerading as God's prophets and pastors will be delivered on hearing this podcast. All this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of this podcast is What is Biblical Prosperity? Answer. Biblical prosperity is Father, God, Son, and Holy Spirit making their home in a believer's life. I repeat. Biblical prosperity is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit making their home in a believer's life. Jesus replied, and I'm quoting John chapter 14, verse 23, New International Version of the Bible. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Those are the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You will obey his teaching. Not the teachings of human beings, but the teachings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If God is not in one's life here on earth, it is impossible for such a person to inherit eternal life. Yet, many believers, those who claim Christ as Lord and Savior, have chosen other gods, especially mammon, above God's presence. Second point I want to make. How did so many, numbering millions, could even be billions, get it so wrong? That's the big question I want you, as you're listening, to answer. So I'm going to use the lost word in Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 to 25. New Living Translation. Here is another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night, as the worker slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night, as the worker slept, his enemy came and planted weeds or tars among the wheat, then slipped away. Third point. The prosperity theology is Satan's answer to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Azusa Street, Los Angeles, California in 1906. I repeat, 
the prosperity theology is Satan's answer to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Azusa Street, Los Angeles, California in 1906. A little story. Prior to 1906, the denominational churches, meaning the so-called Orthodox churches, did not believe that the Holy Spirit was still active in his own church. They wanted people to follow their doctrines, their teachings. Even though they had fallen away, they had become apostate. But in 1906, that part of the Holy Spirit took place in Los Angeles. And signs and wonders took place. Many gave their lives to Christ. The lame walked. The blind saw. Demons were cast out. And within three years, this new movement called the Pentecostal movement has spread to the whole world. Three years. When God is working, God was showing the whole world that Yes, the Holy Spirit is still very much active in his church. And even though apostate churches have denied it, he proved it in 1906. The kingdom of darkness was confused. And Satan had to make a response by sowing the tires called the prosperity theology. Those tires he sowed gave rise to the worldly prosperity movement which mimics Pentecostalism. But it's not Pentecostalism at all. It's a counterfeit doctrine. It's a counterfeit teaching. What is the theology of the worldly prosperity movement? Or, as some will call it, the world faith movement. Prosperity theology, or what some call the prosperity gospel, or the wealth and health gospel, or the seed faith gospel is from the pits of hell. What does it speak and what does it teach? Number one, God's will for his children is that they will always have success financially and be healthy at all times. Number two, positive confession of one's desires will bring those things from the spiritual realm to the physical realm. Number three, tithes and large offerings are catalysts or seeds that activate faith and make all things possible. Wicked. Who are the promoters of this false doctrine? You'll be surprised who they are. They are your pastors, general overseers. The televangelists with large following, sometimes numbering in the millions. They are the ones promoting these false doctrines. You will see them often alighting from their big SUVs. Having flown first class for those who don't have their own jets, private jets. They will enter big church gatherings dressed flamboyantly. Gold wristwatches and trendy shoes matching bespoke suits. 
They love to be greeted and called daddies and mommies. Receiving the adulation meant for God, but claiming it's just they're being honored. Tell me, who in these gatherings wouldn't like to be like these messengers of God? In their minds, but they're really not messengers of God. They are messengers of mammon. They are God's enemy. What does Galatians chapter 1 verse 8 tell us? This is taken from New King James Version of the Bible. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. What do we say is a false gospel? It's a false message. Let's answer again with the Lord Jesus Christ. What did the Lord Jesus Christ teach about worldly prosperity? In Matthew chapter 6 verse 24, I'm taking from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. I read, No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. You cannot serve God and wealth. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and riches. To substantiate, the Lord Jesus Christ gave us the story of Lazarus. And I'm going to read, taken from the New King James Version. Matthew chapter 16, verses 20 to 31. But I will only read 28 to 31. You know the story of Lazarus who has sores all over his body and the rich man who was feeding very sumptuously in his beautiful palace. When Lazarus died, God's angels carried him to heaven or to paradise then. And when the rich man died, he went to hell. And so, in Matthew chapter 16, verses 28 to 31, this man is now pleading to Abraham, says, For I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. The rich man, now in hell, is talking to Abraham. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he replied, No, Father Abraham. But if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, To him, sorry, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. What is the interpretation of this response of Abraham? To the rich man now in hell. Abraham is speaking to you today. He's saying, study the scriptures yourself. That's what Moses and the prophets represent. Study the scriptures yourself. 
Stop depending on others for interpretation. Many of them are working against your soul. I repeat, when Abraham is telling the rich man that his brothers on earth should be able to hear Moses and the prophets, he's saying they should study the scriptures. The same way Abraham is telling you today by that same story that the Lord Jesus Christ gave, after all, Jesus is the seed of Abraham. He says, stop depending on others for interpretation. Many of them are working against your soul. And through this podcast, I'm pleading with you in the name of God to stop listening to these purveyors of death. They are messengers of death. If you are truly born again, you have the seal of the Holy Spirit. But if you are not born again, all you have to do after hearing this podcast is to repent, confess your sins to God, and believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And the seal of the Holy Spirit is yours. If now you have the seal of the Holy Spirit, you don't need anyone to teach you. All you need to do is take your Bible and read and ask God, the Holy Spirit, to interpret for you. Somebody say, why? Well, I still have God's word to justify what I've just said. I'm going to read Acts chapter 2, verses 16 to 18. New King James Version. That's where I've taken the reading from. On that day of Pentecost, the first Pentecost, Peter was telling the audience when they were amazed at what was going on. I read. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants, on my men servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. If you're a child of God, and Father God, and Son, and Holy Spirit are in residence, tell me how you can be deceived. Tell me honestly how you can be deceived. How you will not know that the prosperity messages you are hearing in churches today are not biblical. Tell me. But I'll tell you the reason why many millions, many millions who claim that children of God are being deceived by these promoters of falsehood. It's because they love the world. It's because they love the things in the world. Yes, they love those men and women that come and demonstrate riches and wealth. Claiming they are God's prophets and pastors. They love it. That's the reason. That's why. The loss of the flesh. The loss of the eyes. The pride of life. 
If you say you're a child of God and you are still loving those things, then you got a problem. That's why you are being deceived. And this purveyors of death know that that's the way to get everybody. Preach wealth, preach health, and everybody will run to their churches in millions. Give them more money to buy new jets, buy new cars, and maintain an expensive lifestyle. Yet, what did God's word tell us? In 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 16, New King James Version of the Bible I read. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. The reason you are being deceived, the reason many millions are being deceived, is because they are in love with the world. They love the things of the world. And the enemy of your soul, Satan knows. And that is why he has tried to debase the Pentecostal movement, the true Pentecostal movement, by bringing in these stars called the prosperity gospel, prosperity message, prosperity theology. It's not biblical. It's from the pits of hell. Praise the Lord. You have heard this. If you doubt what I've just said, go into your closet. Listen to the podcast once again. Take your Bible. Read the quotations given. Then go in prayers to the Lord and say, Are these things so? I'm going to give my name, actually, for one of the first or two times. My name is Brother Paul Ekap, Ikechi Ejereka. Ask the Lord, is this really from him above? Our ministry, World Evangelical Ministry, we never solicit funds from you or anybody. Our ministry is to point you to God. Our ministry is to help you to develop a direct relationship with Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's all. Because when you do, you will also teach others and help others to know Him. God does not require intermediaries again. Christ is the one that died on the cross of Calvary. Not your general overseer, not your pastor. He's the one that prayed the Father to send the Holy Spirit. Not your general overseer, not your pastor. The same way that your pastor or Geo can pray is the same way you can pray and hear from God. God has no favorites except those who obey Him. If you're a child of God, begin to obey God. And you will see whether Father, Son, and Holy Spirit will not make their residence in your life. And when you do, and read the scriptures. He will interpret his word to you. He will guide you every step because the word says the steps of a righteous one are ordered by the Lord. And those who are the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. There is no other way to inherit eternal life. If Father God and Son and Spirit are not already in residence, you ain't going to inherit eternal life. But my prayer today is that you repent and embrace this teaching which is not asking anything of you except to point you to Jesus, 
the one that died for you and I on the cross of Calvary. The one that gave his life for you and I and reconciled us to his father in heaven. That's whom I want you to meet. Father, I bless you for this word. Thank you, Lord. And as many, Lord, as we listen, meet them. Help them to grow as you helped us to grow. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.